Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got a lovely lady, Shona Muller, all the way from the USA. Whereabouts in the USA are you, Shona? I'm from Chicago. Chicago. And what time yeah. is it there this morning? Oh, it's uh, it's one twenty in the afternoon. So we're all we're all good. It's not it's not five o'clock in the morning. Okay. I just wonder because I know that normally, you know, when I, I speak to some Americans, you know, they can be really on the early morning time zone and I can be on the quite late evening time zone. Yeah. So Shona, what I really like to uh, initially do with my lovely guests is get them to share something about their background which gives the audience an insight into why they may have actually decided to embark upon being a coach within this industry Hmm. oh yeah you know my husband Robert Conlon you just did a podcast with him he actually was my inspiration for becoming a coach Um, I had I had been a swim coach for 20 some years and was really looking to shift some things up. And I always knew that there was something more in the coaching realm, but um, I didn't really know about life coaching until right before I met him. Um, I was at a point in my life when I was 38 and I was like, I was single and, really wanting to look at what was stopping me from finding the love of my life. And so um, I started looking for life coaches and matchmakers and I connected with one and then Robert and I met and, um, and it was at that moment where I swiped right on Tinder and he was a life coach. And um, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is there's something more at work here uh because he just there was something about his profile that just lit me up yeah and looking back now that I've gone through the same program and training that he's gone through I can absolutely see why his profile stood out because it was it was almost like light was shining out of the profile mm-hmm. yeah um and the, yeah. there's no coincidences we we attract who we're meant to attract to learn the lessons we're meant to le- learn and um you know whether that be challenging or or fulfilling it, it, you know it's down to our own uh, journeys and, and level of awareness at any one moment in time isn't it absolutely yeah and that's the that's the thing i was doing a bunch of work on my own um like a few months before i met him and I, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was a lot of the work that we do as a coach. Just not, I was not formally trained with myself, but I was, I was really, really committed to shifting my life so that I could 
align with the person that I really needed to be with and really wanted to be with from like a deep soul level. The thing that um, I think you shared with me off air that you are quite passionate around is this subject of um, self-love and empowering the self-love within. And um, I feel that this is a very, very hot subject for people to get the head around. So how do you introduce that when you're working with people? Um, You know, it's really all about well, typically I work with women and I like to say the courageous man. Uh, and I, I introduce it in a way that supports them to shift their own mindset and shift some of their inner thoughts so that they can unleash the inner beauty that they have everywhere. Um, really it's, it's in service of creating the life that they want in every specific area that they want and to empower the love that they have for themselves and the beauty that they have within so that everyone in the world and every single person they come in contact with sees that light, sees that love that they have for themselves. And it, it ultimately shifts so many people's perspectives and uh, who they connect with and what they're committed to. It just, it really creates this snowball effect of um, shifting every single aspect of our lives in order to live the life that we're here to live. It's really beautiful. And this isn't about, you know, um, educating people to be arrogant or egotistical, is it? (laughs) You know, we're not talking about that here, are we? (laughs) No, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's really about, um, yeah, there's there's this idea that self-love has to do with narcissism and arrogance. And I actually just recently was doing some research and found that thesaurus.com actually defines self-love as narcissism and arrogance. And I was, I was so appalled. I wrote a whole post on it. And this is something that we get to change the narrative of, um, you know, in our culture is really shifting the idea that self-love is, it's an inside job that we all get to just feel comfortable in our skin. You know, it's become socially acceptable to beat ourselves up, to be so busy that we can't take on self-care. Um, and, and that idea has just led to uh, the idea that self-love is narcissism when it's like, it's the most important relationship that we get to cultivate in our lifetime. Yeah, I think the distinction comes from where is that self-love coming from? Is it, is it coming from a place of, you know, being heartfelt and that caring compassion that we can have for ourselves? Or is it coming from, you know, more of a headspace and this egotistical, mm. arrogant self? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, we like to call it our essence or uh, our highest and best. And um, and when it's, when it's not coming from that space, when it's coming from, um, you know, feeling self-conscious so that you have to show that you have self-love to everybody else, then that's when it gets to be 
it it appears as wonky to everybody else. So there's the unhealthy side of it, which is what you said was described in, you know, as being narcissistic, um, which is like you say, quite horrifying to read that when we're trying to educate people to to love themselves from that good space, that healthy space of, um, you know, just, just being caring and compassionate for who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really creating a strong bond with like who you are at the core of um, of the loving, compassionate self that you are. And, and, you know, we can be our own worst enemies without even realizing it because um, quite often we're living our lives, aren't we, and letting life happen to us and, and being, uh, I suppose, blaming life for happening to us and um, feeling as though we're not in control of that when actually you know, if we stand still and take stock of ourselves, we are in control of our lives. You know, we can empower ourselves and we can definitely, you know, always do our best to strive from living from that heartfelt space, as I like to call it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of us think that, um, and I thought this for so long, for most of my life, is that life is just happening to me when there's so much choice out there and we get to actually create who we are for ourselves and then who we are for others and um, who we are out in the world and what, what else we want to create from that space. And it's not actually selfish, you know, to want to be the best version of yourself and allow yourself time to take care of yourself, to give yourself that um, me time. You know, it's actually selfless to do that because if you're not giving yourself that self-care then quite often you can be operating in a place of you know feeling quite overwhelmed or stressed and then you can't be the best self for your partner or your children or your relatives or your friends can you no no i love that you brought that up that it's it's one of the it's one of the the most important fundamental things that we need to do is the self-care piece and it's not just like taking a bath because you could be taking a bath and beating yourself up the whole time for giving yourself some time. (laughs) It's the mindset that goes along with the, the action. So you could be taking a bath and be miserable and feel guilty and ashamed that you're not taking care of your family or not taking care of your business or whatever, or you could be taking a bath and being really present in the moment and using that space to really surrender, to be present, to to use it as a loving space. Yeah. And that we deserve to pamper ourselves more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's not as, unfortunately, it hasn't been as valued as being super productive and super busy. Um, but what I've noticed in a few things that I've actually taken a step back from is um, when I allow myself time to, to take care of myself and, and be selfish in the best way, it actually breeds creation because our brains can have time to just relax and unwind. And that's where we allow our brains to, to create and generate and love and um yeah that surrender and 
that space that we give ourselves is so important. And when we, again, you touched on the word surrender, and I think some women, you know, are, are very touchy around that word surrender. And it's not surrendering in terms of being weak or passive or submissive. It's it's just, you know, allowing mm. yourself to be still, isn't it? And, and like you say, um, embrace and pamper yourself in that moment and 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 love and being love with with who you are in that moment but from a place of um compassion and and not like you say with all these negative thoughts going on such as feeling guilty or ashamed of, of not spending time doing something else for somebody else oh yeah that's it's totally spot on thanks for saying that the surrender piece is um it's almost like you're climbing a rope that is unending and you're just climbing and you're like gripping so tightly and there's, there's like no end in sight. But um, oftentimes when we surrender from a place that's super loving for ourselves, we let go of this rope and know that we'll be okay. A lot of times when people um, think about surrender, they don't really view that letting go and like maybe letting some things quote unquote fail is, is actually some of the most loving things you can do because no matter what, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And the thing is that I, I really thought I learned something um, a couple of years ago when I was watching, I think it was a video about, um, you know, a female billionaire who said she has some very valuable life lessons from her father in that, when she came home from school as a child, he always asked them to celebrate, you know, and talk about their failures and, and perceived mistakes, because he says they're the lessons, mm. you know, that you can really learn from and, and not see them as oh, so cool. failures or mistakes, but see them as, as learning opportunities. And uh, yeah, she said that was what really, you know, the most valuable life lesson she learned from uh, her father. And I thought, that's great. I love that. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, oftentimes um, we view failure as um, a, a direct hit on who we are as a person, and it and it takes, you know, it 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 almost like takes a hit to our own self worth when failures and resiliency are some of the things that actually allow us to to learn and grow and be with ourselves in a in in a way that if we allow compassion in during those moments, it's like it's it, they can be the most profound moments of our life. I think it's just like you say, it's a mindset switch around how we perceive, um, you know, the, what, what failure actually means to us, yeah. what a mistake actually means to us, what rejection, you know, especially when it comes to dating, you know, how, how, how people receive that can, can make a difference as to how they show up, and, you know, or don't, you know, when it comes to another opportunity to date. Yeah, I mean, I went on 150 to 200 first dates in my, before I met Robert. And I definitely went through those moments where I was, you know, I questioned who I was and questioned, um, you know, the whole process and made things mean a lot about who I was and my worthiness. And, um, and it, it was, it was hard at times. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite sayings is we don't know what we don't know, do we? <laughs> Until we do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I love that one too. Yeah. So 
how long a period of time were then were you sort of going through all these dates then and uh, having your life shaped to 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 get to where you were obviously meant to be in, until you met your your dearly beloved Robert. <laughs> Um, I actually didn't start dating until later. I started dating right around 24. Um, I was a collegiate swimmer and um, I dated a little bit in college, but um, you know, a few, a few guys here and there. And then uh, I finally met Robert when I was 38 and I had uh, roughly three relationships in there that were about seven months long. So I think uh, Robert and I got engaged within eight months. So my longest relationship was right when we got engaged. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was like, do you know what you're getting yourself into? <laughs> so that felt, you know, once you'd gone past that seven months, so I, 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 I'm assuming you felt that was a bit of a milestone in itself. Totally. Yeah, we were already making uh, we were already making our engagement rings, so I I, I had a good clue that things were going really really well. <laughs> Besides the love, you know. So what made you think you know you know there's a great I suppose fourteen year period of time there where you you learned some fantastic lessons. So how were you showing up, you know, um, when you were dating Robert? differently to how you were showing up previously? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I had this idea in my head that the more dates on, the more dates I went on, the better. And I, I was like, I was going through the motions. I wasn't really, I wasn't thinking about who I was being. I was victimized by the whole process. Um, you know, you, if you would have talked to me at the time, I probably would have said I wasn't being victimized by it. But, um, you know, when friends and family would ever ask me about it, it would, it would create this heartache. Um, like what's going on with dating? And it, it would, it would just, I was completely victimized by the fact that all my friends were, um, dating or married or had kids already. And I was, you know, 37, 38 and didn't have anybody. I mean, that victimization started pretty early, probably around like 27 to yeah, right around 27. Um, when we all think we should be <laughs> in certain related relationships that look a certain way. And, um, I had it in my head that I was going to get married at 27 and how could that not happen? You know, of course I was going to get married at 27 and then have kids by the time I was 31 and, um, and it just kept not happening. And so it became this weapon that I used against myself so often. And that had me aligning with men that were exactly the same who, who were, um, who were nice. They were nice guys, but, um, some of them were a little intense and some of them were just, you know, wanting things so badly that they didn't, they didn't, you know, care who they were going out with. There was, so it was, I got, I, I definitely went on the gamut for relationships, but then, um, you know, it, 
or I guess for dates. Um, but the thing that shifted was when I, um, when I graduated with my second master's and I, and I, I was like, this is going to be the year of me celebrating myself. This was when I was 38 and I decided to go to New Zealand on a trip. Um, and, and ever since I made that decision, I was like, I'm going to celebrate me not anybody else. This is, this is all about me and what I want to create because I can't wait for, for the man to save me or the man to complete me. This is my life. And so there was an ownership and a responsibility that I started taking. I started uh, looking for a house uh, to buy in my own in Chicago. I, um, I started waking up at five o'clock in the morning, doing all these different manifesting exercises. I started talking to spirit guides. I did all like, you know, if you're, if you're into woo woo stuff, I, I definitely started doing um, some really cool um, spiritual things that um, and manifesting and incantations and gratitude exercises and, I really stayed committed to those exercises for, for months at a time. Um, and, um, you know, I would say these incantations in my car on my way to work for 45 minutes to the point where I was crying and feeling the experience of having a home and a husband to come home to. And it just allowed me to no longer victimize my experience of dating. Um, and so there was that mind shift that started to happen and a love and a compassion for myself that like, I wasn't going to go on any more dates that were just subpar. <laughs> it was not going to happen from that place. And then I found Robert on Tinder. Well, I love what you said about taking ownership and that responsibility for yourself. And um, if you wouldn't mind for the benefit of the audience, because I know that some of them will be listening and thinking, well, what were those incantations she was saying to herself? Would you, <laughs> would you, would you be prepared to share one or two of those, what, what they were? Sure. I mean, when I was getting ready in the morning, I was, you know, to the point where I was being grateful for the, the hot water that was coming out of the faucet, I was being grateful for my family. And then, so after I did my gratitude, um, a lot of my gratitude work, that's when I started to do the incantation. And I would say the same thing over and over and over for, I did it for months. Uh, I'm so happy and grateful for my husband, my health, my family, and my home. And I just kept repeating it out loud, super simple. And it had a bit of a rhythm to it. And I put a post-it note in my car driving to work. Uh, and I would, every morning. <laughs> I wouldn't even put my makeup on before I, I got to work because I knew that there would be these feelings that would come up in me um, and I would start crying. <laughs> so I waited to put on my mascara until I got to work. And I think it's important for people to know that sometimes when you decide what, you know, if you're going to take part in these sorts of exercises, that's, you know, to start with, it might not feel comfortable to you or even that you're actually feeling the words but eventually after a while it comes doesn't it yeah i i had made up my mind that this was going to happen and it i didn't go into these incantations thinking it wasn't going to support me 
you know, I, I viewed it as a super loving thing that I was doing for myself. And I believed those words. Like I believed that that was already happening. Um, and that, that belief behind that was super powerful. I think that's the difference between, you know, um, entering um, an exercise with you need to uh, see to believe rather than to believe to see. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes so much faith to, to believe in something that is absolutely non-existent. It takes so much faith and it takes so much courage because what if, you know, there's always all these what ifs, what if it doesn't actually happen? Um, but the faith that, the faith that really continues to support the belief is, is so important and so foundational. Um, and it's, you know, just trusting the process, isn't it? It's just um, trusting the process and like you said, um, you know, you you really believed it before it actually happened, and and so you know that's how you manifested it for yourself because you had that strong belief. You know, you didn't need to see it or have it existing for you at that time. But the way I think about things is that they are already here and present for us. We only need to, um, you know, um, the the creative part is is when it shows up. It's already here. The creativity comes in, you know, it, it, when it shows itself. And uh, so that's that's the way I sort of define creativity is, um, you know, having those thoughts and beliefs and those strong um, emotions attached to that without needing to see uh, it in, in, in our reality, if you like. But just know it, it, it's already there, it, but you can't see it yet. But the creative part is, is when you do see it and it shows up. Yeah, and it's essentially aligning like your soul's purpose. That belief um, just really, it it creates the bond with yourself in a way that you probably have never created before. And it might sound a bit strange to some people that have never had a go at doing these exercises, but, you know, <laughs> we're just opening the door for possibilities here. We're not expecting everybody to think, oh, my gosh, you know, um, uh that this is all really strange and not heard anything like this before and and uh i i need to to close the door on this you know we're just opening the door a little bit for you to think about what if this could be true for you and you know why not try it and 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 uh go for it and see if any of these exercises that shona has been prepared to share resonate with you and could hold true for you you know but with a bit a bit of creativity they will show because it wasn't that you already had a husband and a home at this particular moment in time you you actually embarked on the belief that it was already in your life but the reality was for the people outside of that it wasn't actually real at that moment in time but you 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 created that opportunity for yourself and it then show it showed yeah, within months. Yep. I, and I, I was very aware that if someone were to like be in my car and look at me and see what was going on, they probably would have thought that I was crazy. <laughs> but I didn't care because it like nothing was going to stop me from, you know, starting to shift my mindset because that's, 
I, I, I knew intuitively that that's, that's the thing that I really needed. And it, it is, it's so, it's such a unique conversation that a lot of people have never even thought of or heard of before. Yeah. And, and I'd like to share, I did a similar sort of process, although I didn't, um, you know, verbalize in, in a, in a car journey, any incontent, I can't say the word now, incont. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Incont, you know what I'm trying, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, What I did was I did write um, a letter to Paul before I even met him, you know, and I described describe traits about him and uh, I strongly thought you know so it was in my thoughts rather than verbalized out loud about that letter you know that I wrote about manifesting this man Uh, and uh, literally like you said within six months he was there yeah I did I did one of those too and so did Robert and we actually within a few weeks of meeting each other we read each other's list to each other <laughs> which was really fun my manifestation list <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and within that um he laughs about it now he says he says uh, I, I know that you know you did get your scriptures wrong a little bit though he said this is I, I, I bet you'd rewrite them a little bit now if you if you had that time again I says well yes to be fair <laughs> Yeah, that I've not been on a hundred percent satisfaction. <laughs> Does it come with a no cash back guarantee? No, there, there was some details <laughs> I perhaps missed within it. <laughs> but so then, funny. Did he did he write anything down in order to attract you? No, uh, no, he didn't. Um, but he certainly was quite impressed when he saw the you know and read the letter that I had written. That, that sort of summed him up and uh, uh, yeah but it, it was interesting that I suppose that the details now that we laugh and joke about are obviously very 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 powerful learnings that I can now share with the audience members and, and clients because uh, without those details you know not having showed themselves previously um, you know the, there would be things and um, bits of wisdom that I wouldn't be aware of now that I could share. Right. So it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Love that. Right, Shona, thank you so much for sharing your story and um, such a lot of interesting pieces of information around, you know, the importance of, um, you know, empowering the love within and how you managed to do that and also share some tips around uh how you attracted Robert into your life. So on the back of that, I'm going to say thank you very much. And I'm sure our listeners would love to know um, what's the best contact information you would you could share with them. Oh, yeah. Um, we have, well, I think I'll give you our We Meet Again uh, information. So we, we coach couples and singles together. Uh, it's really powerful. Uh, our masculine and feminine energies are really pretty pretty incredible. So, uh, our website is, uh, we meet again, coaching.com and hello at we meet again, coaching, um, for the email. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. And as always, uh, listeners, I'll make sure Shona's other bio information and contact information is in our show notes for those people that would like to get in touch with her and her fabulous partner, Bob, who is, as you've probably gathered, somebody I've had on previously and works with a, 
you know, in the relationship industry. So thank you so much again, Shona. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure to be with you. And on that final note, I shall just share as always, true love starts with opening your hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.